0: This is Peter, and this is Tom, and you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcast.
1: Now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network.
0: All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Freska, and welcome back to our podcast. What do we got today, Tommy?
1: Well, today we're going to look a little bit in the world of medieval hygiene And particularly some of the bizarre bathing habits or just hygiene habits of uh, some famous royals throughout history, Uh, particularly obviously these are ones in the Middle Ages and stuff like that. So we're going to look uh, a little bit on some of these bad reputations that they had, um, their thoughts on hygiene. And I guess this is like our gross out episode, I would
0: say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll kind of go past. We'll start off with hygiene, obviously, and kind of give you guys some historical background as to why hygiene was the way it was in in Middle Ages and specifically for royals. But then we'll probably finish up with some just gross habits that were held uh, throughout history by various royals that kind of transcended hygiene many times. They were just odd, weird, sometimes gross habits. We're not going to go into anyone that's a current royal here. No, no. When
1: we say disgusting, we mean by hygienic standards, not yeah, moral or anything like that. Those are you know opinions or people are going to think that way. That's one thing. But we're, we're looking at just kind of like the hygienic factor of yeah, royals and throughout history, which exactly. was still pretty bad.
0: Yes. So – uh, kind of just some background information. Uh, Middle Ages Europe, hygiene was very much not on par with what we're used to today. That's for sure, right? And I keep on thinking of trying to get my kids to yeah. shower every day. It's like a struggle. But like I look at this and I'm like, okay, maybe like it's yeah. not that bad. And me. just
1: as kind of like a disclaimer, it was cleaner than what a lot of people think. It gets kind of this bad rap that they never bathed it at all. And there were people who did that. Some of these roles we'll talk about. But on a whole, the people wanted to bathe, maybe not every day but they didn't exactly have access to clean water. And that was really one of the reasons why.
0: Exactly. So I think the whole premise of Europeans, specifically Middle Ages and like royals, not really bathing, uh, these practices varied widely. Right. So it's not entirely accurate to say that Europeans did not take baths at all, because as you mentioned, yeah. it did. However, there was a significant decline in public bathing and like a shift in hygiene practices, specifically compared to the Romans prior to that. Like the Romans were always like bathing and stuff like that. But Europeans and royals, not so much. So a few reasons for that. One is the influence of the church. The Christian church, particularly in the Middle Ages, discouraged public bathing. And that's how a lot of people actually cleaned themselves before yeah, they were in, the Middle Ages. In bathhouses, yeah. Exactly. And
1: before that, they, people would bathe. Um, they would wash their hands and their face. That was probably done daily. But like the weekly bathings would always be at these bathhouses. And it was more of a social thing, too, than anything else. Besides just bathing, it was for social, um, just to communicate with people, get the gossip and, and things like that. But yeah, when the Catholic Church and the Roman Catholic Church kind of come in place, they. They kind of do away with that. So then people are like, oh, I guess I'm not bathing anymore. Now.
0: Yeah, because it's against God. So I won't yeah. do it. There's also fear of disease. You and I touched upon the you know upon this before we press record, but medieval period per as medieval period progressed, there was an increase in fear about spreading diseases. And particularly after the outbreak of the plague in the 14th century, people believed that bathing would open the pores which it does, right, of your skin, but they actually yeah. believed that it would make individuals more susceptible to illness, which kind of like discouraged bathing.
1: That, that it would bring disease in. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, people probably did get sick because remember they're bathing in like dirty pond water or they're bathing downstream from castles. And the castles, the moats, you ever see those castles with moats? Those moats, all the um, wastewater. And all, yeah. And excrement from the castle went right into those moats. And that flowed down into the rest of like the village or whatever, downhill. And then people would bathe in that. So yeah, you would get sick from bathing in that water. So they were right about going in certain water will get you sick because that's what you're bathing in, you know?
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the last, you know, reasons for why it was a little stinky back then um, in the middle ages, people often wore specifically like wealthy people off very heavy layered clothing that was in itself very difficult to clean. And we'll talk about some of the Royals here that like just, you know, wore a lot of different clothes all the time that were never cleaned. But a prevailing fashion made it less practical to bathe frequently, also because you had so many layers on, so much clothes, that you're just like, nah, it was time-consuming like, to get undressed and bathe.
1: Well, yeah, another thing, too, since you didn't have hot water.
0: Yes. So if you if you,
1: well, you had to get the water from a well, but you had to heat it over you know, a wood fire, that would take time. So it just wasn't something practical for a lot of people, particularly the poor, to even do. I was reading a lot that if you took a full bath – Not saying you didn't rinse off, but a full bath four times a year. That was pretty lucky if you were poor.
0: So let's get into some of these royals. And one thing that really kind of got me when I came across this is when you had all these kings, entire court really of of a specific king in Middle Ages and England or wherever different country we're at. They would embark on these like epic official tours where they would literally be gone for like months at a time and visit different royal palaces, residences of different aristocrats, religious institutions. They would like move their entire kingdom from palace to palace to palace throughout the kingdom like once a year and the reason for that apparently is they needed to move out after a while to basically clean the castle after them because the royal party was so large and it produced so much like this disgusting mess and excrement and human waste right and livestock and farmland and leftover food that had to feed sometimes 700 people that are on this official court that you ultimately had to keep moving for the rest of the year and travel frequently between like the different residencies in order to just keep hygienic surroundings because it took forever to clean. Once they were gone, you would have poorly discarded food, wherever the court went uh, animal waste uh, vermin, Right. Obviously, it would be attracted to unwashed bodies because people didn't really bathe, as we mentioned that much. Human waste, which um, oftentimes was stored underground chambers and it could until it could be removed. So wherever King traveled and stayed for a month or so or two months or three months, all that excrement, all of that uh, number one and number twos was basically just held just there. Yeah. Underneath these castles. And oftentimes it would be like as high as like five, six feet into the like into a room. You know there was
1: no plumbing, they didn't, no. didn't have um septic tanks, it's just kind of yeah, like you said just
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And eventually else that's to go. the king's like, "All right, well, it's time for us to now move on to the next castle because like it got to the point that you couldn't breathe." you know, we watch all these shows about Tudor kings and all these things and on TV and everyone just looks marvelous like no, no not, it no, basically no. stunk like yeah,
1: really They, they bad. were stinky. And you might even remember too like they're wearing all these layers of clothes so you're you're just going to I mean, we're teachers. You ever walk by the locker room after school? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The last couple of days have been pretty hot. I've been I getting, I know, you know, getting the teams ready for practice and stuff like that. You go down by that gym, you know, there's a, like, oh yeah, school started. Like You can tell schools school started and stuff like that. And that's one reason that you would have a lot of um, different plants and stuff. There was one of the Royals I remember reading actually um, had his Royal Perfumer create a different perfume for every day of the week.
0: Yeah, that was the sun because king. Just the math, that was uh, Matt, Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah,
1: Louis the Fourteenth, because he he actually had a fear. So his was a little different. He had a fear of bathing. You see, not he just thought he was going to make him sick, but he also had a fear of water. That uh, they said. So yeah,
0: he he. Was, didn't he, he only that. like supposedly bathe, like once a year? Up to they, three, said, well, they said. Well, they
1: said he's rumored to have only bathed twice in his life. Whether crazy? whether or not that's what he did or not, he very rarely bathed, right? Didn't usually change his undershirts and stuff like that. So, well, that was, well, that was another thing.
0: thing they said too. Like, when you look at a lot of historians that study this time period, the Sun King, this guy was super extravagant. There was like a, a crew of people that were um like chosen to help him wake up every morning and like if you were like an aristocrat you're like oh yes i get to stand while he gets dressed like this this was he was so extravagant right and obviously he moves to the uh, palace of versailles which is very important in this case too because the super opulent court of versailles while we see pictures and how amazing it is oh, yeah it was it was
1: gross it was like it a, was gross yes it, it was like the conditions that you would see like in like a in like the slums but they said too i was reading about it in um like Marie Antoinette a couple times got hit in the head with uh crap, human,
0: with like literally like with,
1: with human waste, just walking in the courtyard, that courtyard, you'll see pictures of, you know, the, the garden and stuff that she's just walking because that's what they would do. They, they, they had, I guess, chamber rooms, chamber pots. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But a lot of times the men would just urinate or go to the bathroom right off a balcony. And the yep. same thing with the women, they would just be talking and all of a sudden they would pee. just pull up their skirt and just urinate right there. Yeah, like right there. Oh, a servant will come and clean this, and they would. But there's carpets that you know it's, it's not you, good. you can only yeah. get it so clean. They didn't exactly have disinfectant and like you know, Clorox back then.
0: You know exactly. And what the key here too is uh, you know if you guys kind of go back to what we said a moments ago, kings normally you Know 15 1600s, they would do these tours, they would move so that way the actual castle could be cleaned. However, Louis the 14th in France, when he moved his court to Versailles to like showcase his amazing like wealth, he didn't move, like that was it. So, that's what made it so much more difficult because while other people were moving, he wasn't, he was like, This is where I'm staying. Basically, thousands of people stayed there, and like we said, no modern plumbing at first. Like, they actually started painting X's, I'm sure you saw this. They of painting X's on walls, like, do not pee here. And then because they painted X's on walls, people are like, oh, I could pee here? So, like, there were spots throughout the castle where people would just go to the bathroom because it was like, oh, no one's going to see me around this corner. It's fine. It's pretty gross. They said behind doors was a big one. Um, Pretty much in a lot of the, like, palace, uh, yeah, so would, just behind doors, just, they say you just yeah. have piles of crap.
1: So, just remember that when you, like, Google pictures, like, Versailles, you see these, like, you know – Fancy uh palaces—they're also toilets. <laughs> you know, like you see yeah. a chair or like a corner—that that was also a toilet, uh, and that was crazy. just what they do. doing people, this was no—it wasn't like they were trying to hide this. This was, was like, yeah, so it was the same thing as you know everywhere
0: else. Well, even like Charles II of England, and we'll get into specific like gross aspects of some of these monarchs. But Charles II of England had a very flea-infested dog, his spaniels. He had a few of them, and they were like so many fleas, and he loved to sleep with them in his bed. So basically, he made the room, they said, like, offensive. And they said an entire bed was full of them, and that's where he slept every night. And it actually led to, like, just really disgusting stench. What else? Henry VIII, he's like the famous, infamous king, obviously, for many different reasons. People know that... Uh, he was kind of gross, and obviously had different, many different wives, and changed the British religion to kind of allow him to have different wives. Different wives, yeah. Um, he also
1: brought in a very important job, right? I think we yes. Kind of yes. Talked
0: to, I feel like we, we talked about
1: this one. Somewhere. I think we talked about this job in our uh, history's grossest or weirdest jobs, mm-hmm. but it was actually looked at as a very prestigious position, and that was the. The groom of the stool. I don't know if you want to. You, you go ahead with this one, Peter. If you get to hang out with a king, you would do it. Oh, please. You would do it. You anyway,
0: what essentially you would do, would do I, I, my understanding of this, is like their job was to actually like go through the stool of the king to ensure like they looked at health and reason, like health yeah. points, like to make sure that it was the right color, it was the right consistency, and therefore the king was healthy, and you would advise the king on his health Based on you know his number two, which is kind well, of the, yeah. Well, the
1: main thing is you also have to help the king undress and clean up afterwards. Because it, it was a process to get all everything off of him. Yeah. Too. Uh, oh
0: no, no, yeah, they would like wipe him. Like your job yeah, was to like, like like a
1: yeah, like you would like a child, like a baby. Yeah. 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 And they actually this job continued for about four hundred years, so it was like around a long time, and it was you got to live in the, uh, in, the in the castle. You got paid castle. and stuff like that, so it was I, a
0: job. This sounds like a good job, Tom. Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> also, a lot of the kings that I read about, specifically Ken- King Henry VIII also started this. He started surrounding his bed, like or on the outskirts of his bed, he would put a lot of different furs of animals because mm-hmm. he thought that what it would do is keep all the vermin and creatures away. First of all, you must be smelling pretty bad when you have all these rats that are trying to get into your bed.
1: They were Some of them were like the peasants were forced to, but even some of the royals would wear these clothes so much they would actually just rot off eventually. Like you wouldn't change... Some of their undergarments, like they would change their outer, their fancy robes and things of that nature. But they would wear like their undergarments pretty much until they rotted off. So you can imagine just uh, the stench. And like they said they didn't have toilet paper back then. So they they used basically like moss or their hand or the rich used uh, lamb wool. There was no like, oh, let me wash my hands afterwards. It's like, oh, there you go. Like urine was used as a antiseptic.
0: I saw that. They made him collect it. Like, they're like, if you have to yeah. pee, if you're a servant, like, if you got to pee, go pee in this, like, bucket or pail because we're going to use it basically as a cleaner.
1: Yeah, they would mix it with ash and used it to, like, try to clean walls and stuff like that. And I saw someone's going to email us, oh, you can clean with urine, but I don't think consistently and I don't think, uh, you know. I
0: don't think it's <laughs> necessarily uh, something that is hygienic.
1: No, no, no. But it was, yeah. used to, yeah, it was used to get stains out of clothes and stuff like that. It was used in the laundry. In the public yeah. bathing, you use the same water Ugh. so,
0: so let's talk about some of the specific cases here because we yeah. have some specific cases, but we also have to I think have a disclaimer that while these are a lot of these are commonly known or commonly believed to have happened, not all of these cases of these royals that we are going to talk about now have been necessarily entirely proven as 100% correct. And some, these
1: are like, I don't want to say rumors, but there, I mean, some of it is based on historical fact or writings yes. from people and things like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and some is not, right? <laughs> some is not, yeah. <laughs> Some is not. Hello, everyone. I mean, all right, so Joanna of Castile, uh, the mother of Emperor Charles V of Spain, uh, basically um, slept next to a corpse every night um, for about 12 months. So the story is, and supposedly this is not just a story, supposedly this happened, uh, Joanna of Castile of Spain spent the better years of her life married to a guy who was actually known by history as Philip the Handsome, and apparently all these women wanted him, so she was very happy to get him. And then what ends up happening is when he died she refused to have him buried because she thought he was just such a beautiful person she just couldn't acknowledge the fact that he was dead so she kept her husband's dead body in her room over 12 months and philip's body was like basically slowly decaying through this process and she just kind of went on acting as if he was still alive and all was well so like if someone asked like um where's philip and she'd be like oh he's fine he's just asleep he's gonna wake up soon I mean, she would sleep next to this dead, decaying body every night, but she'd also make the servants kind of like undress it, dress it, treat it with respect like this is still a king. And she wouldn't allow any women into the bedchamber because she said, you know, he is so beautiful that they might be overwhelmed with lust. And I went back and checked this a couple of times for through different various um, sources, and they all kind of say the same thing. Well, I think it, yeah,
1: that one is probably did happen. That was more of like a grief thing, than anything else, but it's definitely a, a habit that's not gonna. It's not very. Um,
0: yeah, you sleep next to a de- decomposing corpse. That's not a exactly
1: healthy. Well, it's also yeah, that's a mental illness thing too. I'm sure.
0: Well, yeah, I would would say. (laughs) Well, actually, no, I'm just kidding. What do you got? What do you got? Well, one that was uh, pretty
1: gross, well, definitely gross, was um, Charles II of England, 1685. Um, He had a very special project he wanted to
0: do. Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: He decided to make a wig out of the pubic hair taken from his mistresses. Yep. And so he kept on collecting all this hairs, and he actually had a wig put together, but he didn't make it for himself. He donated it. He, to he a donated drinking it club. to a Scottish drinking club called the Beggar's Benching Club. And it was it stayed there. And it became like very really popular there. They their um their members were actually made to um to kiss it. That's what they had to do. Yep. Until it was eventually stolen by someone else to also use it in their ceremonies. And this inspired uh King George IV fourth also wanted to do this. He wanted to make his own too, and he would collect the hairs in a box, but he died before he could ever do it. So not only did he create this wig he sent it to other people to became like a icon in their club and then he inspired later kings to do the same thing because yeah. they just thought it was so cool to <laughs> uh right. to do that
0: <laughs> all right so uh definitely highly circulated as part of like historical and urban legend maybe gossip i mean it's a definitely an extraordinary claim right uh, but it pops up everywhere if you guys look into this and it's one that i think should be mentioned like we should probably approach this one with some skepticism and caution right like because like establishing that as historical fact i don't think it's ever been established as a historical fact however you can't escape this whenever any of you guys go out there and you're like hey let's just google hygiene and like of royals this is one's gonna pop up all the time it, obviously we don't really know if there's any corroborated facts to that also because these people were so wealthy these royals that a lot of times you didn't really know what the royals were doing they could get away with murder there were they
1: were royals. Yes, they could do whatever they wanted for the most part. Exactly.
0: And then another one, this one's also a wife. You know, this one's not sleeping with a corpse, but I'm sure you saw the Queen Maria Eleonora. She was married to King Gustav, Gustavus Adolphus. Apparently, was a very wealthy king. And she loved him so much that um, when... He, he died, she actually had his heart ripped out of his body and she had it put into like a gold box and she slept with it. She basically placed it in her bed each night. She would bring this box with like this decaying heart of her husband and she would have the daughter climb in bed with her apparently so she could like be close to her father. That's that's love. That's love, man. (laughs) That's love. Oh my goodness. Uh, Anyway, she was the queen of Sweden, a.k.a. from like 1620 to 1632. Yeah, as a wife of Gustav. Yeah, no, uh, that's love, but also slightly unsanitary, if you ask me. What else you got?
1: Get a little bit away from the uh, body parts. So you had King uh, James the um, Sixth of Scotland, and what he really—we talked about—he really despised bathing, and it uh, was something that he like virtually never did. His mother was married to Queen of Scots, so to give a bit mm-hmm. of like you know context there. He just despised bathing, despised water. Right, he really didn't like it. He had inversion to water, so he, which led to his lack of hygiene. He never washed his hands. All he would ever wash is he would occasionally rub the top of his fingers with a slightly damp end of a napkin. That's all that he was ever. That was King cleaned. James, King James the yeah. first. Yes, King James the first. Yeah, no, didn't King James. The... Well, King. Yeah, he was King James of yeah first of England. Yes. Uh, King James the sixth of Scotland. Yeah, yes, he, was King James of England. Of, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um they said that he had like a really like humongous tongue for his mouth. And okay. he would, <laughs> you know seriously. Uh, and uh they said that every time he drank, like the liquid would just like dribble down the side of his chin.
1: I could be um, uh, oh, you No, know, you know,
0: apparently, right? Yeah, I know, right? Um but the only thing I like you said he would only clean the fingertips because he hated bathing because he often had to occasionally. Yes. Uh because he often had to wipe the drool from his face so he like wanted his fingertips to be clean well then you have king charles vi of france historians pretty much have established the fact that he was uh, mentally ill he would break into these fits where he would run wildly through his home and uh, he was convinced that he was made of glass and would not move a single muscle so the, the worst bouts of this lasted for like five months in which he like he basically for five months just refused to bathe, change his clothes, and just like sat very still and try to avoid bumping into anybody because anybody because he was actually convinced that he was made of glass. So he's like, well, I can't take my clothes off because I might break myself and I can't really do much because something might happen. You know, I think he was like eight, 1300, 1360s to 1400s. He was also known as King Charles the Mad, Charles the Sixth, the Mad. Okay. Yes, he was very delusional, but for... Because of that, didn't really uh, bathe or change his clothes.
1: One that I saw that I guess it's dangerous, like more disgusting was um, Queen Elizabeth the First. Basically, she had smallpox when she was younger, right, mm-hmm. and she survived it, but her face got all scarred oh, up and box marked. Yeah. So the kind arsenic of arsenic hide- or
0: something, right? Or yeah, something.
1: she used makeup that had toxic chemicals in it. She would apply these different layers. One layer containing white lead, which was like arsenic. And a second layer to actually contain mercury. And if you go back to our um radium girls, right? When they were using the yeah. mercury and the, the radium and stuff like that. So her face basically slowly over time poisoned her paint that she was using. you see these pictures. You can Google her and you'll know, see like the, you know, it's obviously paintings, but like the white face because that's all the makeup they would wear. And that makeup was arsenic. It basically wound up slowly over time killing her. Yeah. It's one of these things like just, she was you was like, yeah, right like this is
0: poison. Let's not put that on my face. Yeah. I mean, you would at least – yeah, you would hope, right? Benefit of the doubt that they would – if they – had they known, they would have, had, have done that. I don't know. Well,
1: know. Hopefully, if they – I don't know. But I think you'd go back in time and tell them, listen, like bathing's actually good for you.
0: That if we went back like, in time, we would kill entire it's populations true. with the diseases we would bring. Well – We'd be like, would, hey, Boom. It you would get the plague too. Well, that's true. We would probably get the plague too. It would work both ways. That is very, very true. Okay, Louis XIV. We're back to the Sun King here. This one, again, no real historian has corroborated this and said this is true. However- We're just going to because- say this
1: because it's a cool exactly.
0: story. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a cool story, but- He was so extravagant in so many things that we know for a fact that have been proven that basically almost like lend itself to this particular rumor. Because at that point, you're like, yeah, why not? He probably did because all these other things are true. So Louis XIV supposedly had his throne doubled as a toilet and he would sit on this throne toilet. And use it while conducting court sessions because he always wore such extravagant. This, this is also what might be true or not, but he wore these extravagant gowns. I mean, he actually changed them two to three times a day because he didn't bathe. He didn't like to bathe, so but he loved to change his clothes because they're so thick and heavy. So whenever he had to sit through actual meetings, he had a toilet built into his throne, and he would basically go while he was at meetings. And they said that the court would very quickly notice if he went because, like, whether he peed or he went number two, like. It would smell really, really bad, which is also why this guy that supposedly bathed three times in his life, as you said, had this person on staff to make perfumes for him um, because yeah. he smelled. I mean, he literally sat on a toilet while he had meetings. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, he, didn't, like- he, he
1: only bathed about three times also. Like he just wasn't yes. in his lifetime, they're saying. Like we mentioned that before. He's the one with all the perfumes and stuff like that, trying to mask odors and. That doesn't always work. <laughs> like, no, just, I don't think so. Just to like mass always. You got to remember. So this is also before time of like air conditioning and stuff. So it got hot in the in the summers and things like that. You're in these like um you know humid castles and stuff a lot of times. You can imagine the stench going through there. Uh, so yeah. well, oh, there's so, the yeah. Swedish,
0: yeah Well, there was a Swedish King Adolf or Adolf Frederick that apparently had a, a, a flatulence problem. He basically farted a lot. And had because he he's known today as the royal that ate himself to death. I'm sure you saw this. Yes. Um, It was a guy that basically just kept on. He was stress eating and eating and eating so much that they said he always um, had a a gas problem and he smelled really bad. But the fact that he ate so much actually might have killed him. In 1771, the Swedish king, King Adolf um, Frederick, sat down to a meal, lobster, caviar and a bunch of other decadent food that he wanted. And when he was finished, he went to eat his favorite snack, which was is like the Swiss roll filled with cream. So think of like Swiss rolls, but like bigger than what we have as Swiss rolls. And after he would like eat. Like a yodel. Think of like a chocolate yeah, yeah. And then basically after he would eat his meals, he would then go right to eating these things. And people believe that that's what killed him on that one particular meal he had in 1771 because he ate apparently he was already pretty big. And he ate this disgusting, humongous meal. And after that, he sat down and had like fourteen of these sweet rolls filled with this heavy cream. He then stood up. He said his stomach was bothering him. There's all kinds of noises coming out. And they said that he basically went upstairs and uh, and died. And went down in history as the king who ate himself to death.
1: Yeah, because his arteries were probably like caulk at that point. You know, Crazy. Like,
0: he was also. Did you see that? He was. He was also in love. Besides, like he would combine these cream like rolls, whatever. With eels, he loved eating eels. I did see that, yeah. So like that they said maybe that might have had something to do with
1: it. Oh, well, yeah, because you don't know what you're eating too, it's only bacterias on that. Very happy to be living in 2023 instead of uh 1323. Let I me, mean, yeah, that. I
0: don't know if you saw this, but many royals like ate like cannibalistic medicine, had these cannibalistic yeah. medicine habits,
1: yeah. But that they that well, they thought it was same thing, like they would sleep at like the um remains of like saints if they were, yeah. Sick. You
0: want to get into the saint one because well, that one was interesting too. Well, it was basically
1: they would just if they got sick, they said, "All right, I'm going to lay with like the finger or the heart, you know, dried out heart, the fingers, the liver of like these different saints. Because it's going to
0: make me better before like medical science really advanced. But particularly uh, royal, yeah, <laughs> royal family members in Spain uh, did this. Um, Spanish rulers they would they would literally order their uh, court people like, all right, go find me the saint dig up a part and they would be like anything give me a finger give me anything they didn't care this body part and they thought that when they slept
1: heal them overnight it would heal them
0: yeah that was the the whole idea it would make God merciful towards them that was the the specific term that they thought Yeah, what
1: do they think because they're desecrating like the saint's grave and the saint's body that that's worse
0: yeah
1: i don't know i said that was a very common thing like to take like the body parts of a saint or something like that i guess yeah. because the person was blessed by god did their belief is it's gonna transfer to them a little bit but You're desecrating the remains of this saint. Is that really going to make God like you? I don't know. It was just one of those, maybe I'm just overthinking.
0: So the one I was mentioning too is the idea of like cannibalistic medicine habits. Human body parts um, used to be sold to physicians all the time. The kind of after the executioner would kill the person. It's like, hey, if you want to do some experimenting, you could do it. But it was also believed that after a person died, uh, part of their life force in quotes would like remain in that body. So if you took certain body parts, you could use them with this remaining life force um to prolong someone's life. Like if specifically if you ate that particular body part. Yeah, it gives so, you that extra time. Exactly. So for the sake of ease, like human bones would be ground down and like eaten fat, blood would be distilled into various like drinks and then consumed. Fairly common practice actually. However, not cheap. So therefore, royals and the royals—that's royals. Yeah. what um, they wanted
1: because it was expensive. It was like exactly.
0: It is confirmed that Charles II and William II, both of England, and Christian IV of Denmark, all indulge in these practices. They basically had human remains, like diluted and turned into food, to give them, you know, extra vitamins.
1: But it just shows, like you know, the all that stuff is going to change. Maybe stuff that we're doing today. Hundred years from now, doctors are going to look and be like, "Oh, that was barbaric."
0: And you know what's insane too? When you start thinking about it, and kind of a good way to finish this up. When you think of like a simple thing like soap, right? The history of soap dates back thousands of years. Yeah, right? they had
1: they, they they had to they had the ability to make soap exactly during this time.
0: Yeah, 100%. and they just because of Middle Ages, because of again going back to what we started this podcast with. So, like ancient Greece had soap; they uh, they created you know tradition of soap making. Um, for bathing and laundry so ancient greece and rome actually the soap the word soap is believed to derive from latin word sapo and in the middle ages you have um in europe again soap making declined due to the fact that like christian church discouragement of public bathing like it led to the discouragement of using soap so soap was often considered like a luxury item and was primarily produced by like monasteries like if you really needed it but like it's like, no, don't, you don't have to use it because you shouldn't really bathe that much. You know, the revival came in 17th century, um, specifically a resurgent in Europe, particularly in France and England. So... Like right after the time period we are talking about. They start to kind of
1: wake up to it. Well, part of it is because of the plagues too. When they start realizing that hygiene helps prevent the plague outbreaks and stuff like that.
0: Like olive oil was imported from Mediterranean regions in like 16, late 16, early 1700s. But it became a common ingredient in soap production, but also added a certain smell to it. So then it wasn't just like, oh, this is going to make me clean. This is going to make me smell better, which is why it started to be used, particularly a lot by royals. Sense, yeah. It's like yes. a perfume. It's just crazy to me that soap was around. Oh, and they had it, yeah. People didn't believe in little bacteria, particularly in Middle Ages. Like, that was not a thing. So, like, you know, sleeping with a body part may not have seemed like a bad idea. But anyway, so this is, I guess, our, our podcast on disgusting and or gross royal... Habits,
1: hygiene.
0: I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are going to know what we're going to title this once we actually produce this, but like, I don't know what we're going to title this. Royals? Stinky Royals. But they might think we're talking about like a baseball team. Isn't there, isn't that a team?
1: The Royals? Yeah. But yeah. No, they ah, do, they, look at they that. Do, look at that.
0: They do stink, Boom. I guess. Yeah. See? Oh my gosh. I know something about baseball. Mm, sure. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once more and listening to our podcast. We do appreciate it. Uh, If you need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. If you have any questions, comments, you want to leave a a rating, a review, whatever it is, you can find us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Stay safe, everybody.
0: I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune into disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.